0: All right. Welcome everyone to the February, 2023 coding bootcamp news roundup. I'm Liz and I'm Jess and we are from the course report team. So that means we spend our days helping students choose the best coding bootcamps for them. But each month Jess and I sit down, we round up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and chatted about and shared in our Slack channels really, um, (laughs) with each other. And we share it all with you. Yeah.
1: So we are wrapping up February, which of course was black history month. And I hope everyone saw our updated list of 15 bootcamp scholarships specifically for people of color. Um, we'll definitely share the link when we publish this podcast in our February
0: news roundup and Liz, what else are we going to cover in this episode? Well, we're going to start with about $70 million in fundraises and acquisitions that went into boot camps this February. We'll talk about news about the shift towards apprenticeships and yet another update on OPMs from the Department of Education. We'll also talk about how tech layoffs are impacting boot campers, three scholarship programs
1: that you should be aware of, and the seven new coding boot camps that we added to the course report directory
0: in February and just before we hop in i wanted to just remind everyone about our next live q and a which will be on march 8th and it's going to feature a panel of women who broke into tech through a coding bootcamp we've got for remarkable women, all working in tech in different roles for different types of companies. Um, it's totally free. You can RSVP via the link that we will put in this blog post, and it's going to be a really good time. So we hope that you'll RSVP ask questions and join us on March 8th. Yeah, definitely don't miss it. Well, first up, as always, is acquisitions and fundraisers, Jess. So let's tell everyone about the $70 million that went into boot camps this February. GeekWire reports that Coding Dojo
1: was acquired by education services company Perdocio for $52.8 million this month. Perdosio owns online institutions, Colorado Technical University, and American Intercontinental University System. We're really interested to see how Coding Dojo grows this year under this brand new ownership.
0: And Lighthouse Labs secured $21.2 million in federal funding from the Canadian government. BetaKit reports that this federal funding will go towards Lighthouse Labs' uh, ICT Boost project, which makes the boot camp available to 1,700 Canadians at no cost. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Indiana
1: Wesleyan University announced that business entrepreneur John Qualls will now be the executive director of 1150 Academy. If you remember, 1150 was acquired by IWU at the end of December 2022, and John actually served as president of 1150 Academy for the past four years before being named its new executive director. So welcome, John.
0: Yeah. it's a cool update. And finally, we were really sad to learn that Alchemy Code Lab closed earlier this month. Alchemy had been operating since 2016, and it came as quite a surprise when they announced that they were closing. The last public update we heard via Oregon Public Radio was that Alchemy was looking into the possibility of a teach-out or referring students over to other training programs to pick up where they left off. We're
1: living in an era of skills-based hiring, but let's jump back to 2021 and 2022 when it was the time of the, quote, great resignation. Liz,
0: where are those great resigners one year later? Well, Paul Fain reported on a new Cengage Group report that attempted to answer that question. They surveyed 1,200 great resigners who are Americans who quit their job and found a new job during the 12 months after June 2021. That's the technical definition. And um, they found some interesting results. So two-thirds of respondents said that access to employer-paid online training and upskilling was an important factor in accepting their current job. 67% of respondents took an online training course to help land a new job, including 77% of tech workers. And those workers typically reported participating in short-term training, 62% said that they completed their online course or training in less than three months. And so to me, that says that the great resigners used boot camps to get better, well-paying, more flexible jobs. Uh, and Cengage gives two suggestions looking forward based on these findings. One is that given the growing offerings of online training and upskilling opportunities, employers should partner with outside education providers to actually offer that to their employees. And two, that Congress should expand short-term online training opportunities beyond the traditional two- and four-year degree programs. So that could mean expanding Pell Grants to include short-term and online programs programs. programs and more on that later. Mm -hmm. Skills-based hiring continues
1: to be a growing trend with state governments as well. This month, Alaska became the fourth U.S. state to drop four-year degree requirements from its state jobs. So it's joining ranks with Pennsylvania, Utah, and Maryland.
0: And we were happy to see career changer and Tech Elevator alum, Arwin Egger, highlighted in Technically's How I Got Here series this February. Arwen had a career in te- real estate, but after enrolling at Tech Elevator's Pittsburgh campus, she became an associate product owner at Hitachi. And Arwin gives some nice advice in this article. She says to, quote, throw yourself into the process, lean into the wealth of experience with the instructors, the pathway program, and the the relationships that you have with your cohort members because they're really meaningful. And every single person that you're interacting with is an advocate for you. End quote.
1: These past few years, coding boot camps have been popular and so have apprenticeships. But what if they're mixed together into like one Uber program? So, Liz, tell us about the latest
0: General Assembly program. Sure. So General Assembly has partnered with Interapt to launch a new apprenticeship solution for employers. Some of Interapt's current apprenticeship programs are registered with the U.S. Department of Labor, um, which is really cool. It means that they're required to offer participants a paid job, regular raises, an industry-vetted focus, on-the-job learning and mentorship, and formal credentials. Paul Fain then interviewed Lisa Lewin, the CEO of GA, about this new investment in apprenticeships, and Lewin says that she thinks it may be the key to actually helping more women and people of color break into tech.
1: And we wanted to highlight another awesome new apprenticeship that came on our radar this month. Deep Local, a Pittsburgh-based creative tech and experience design company, announced that they're sponsoring a one-year apprenticeship program called Gizmology. Technically reports that this new apprenticeship is aimed at Pittsburgh's Black and historically marginalized communities. Gizmology isn't technically a tech school or technically a coding bootcamp. It's open to those without a degree, either a two-year or a four-year degree, who want to specialize in one of Deep Local's career tracks. Um, And those career tracks are creative technology, exhibit fabrication, technical assembly, technical integration, and mechanical design. Apprentices for this program are given a salary of $45,000, and that includes benefits such as health insurance, PTO, and hybrid work options. And these apprentices are welcome to continue working at Deep Local after they finish the program while they're building their portfolio. Um, The first cohort is just going to be three to five individuals. Um, They're hoping to build it up to larger cohorts later in the year. Um, But that first cohort is going to kick off on April 17th, and the Applications are due by March 13th. So if this is something that you're interested in, definitely check it out and get your application in.
0: That's so cool. Jess, we got to put a link to that on our Twitter.
1: Definitely. Layoffs at big tech companies continued to get a lot of press this month, which has naturally caused worry for boot camp grads. But Vox published an interesting deep dive into where tech workers actually work these days and if the current big tech layoff trend will even reach them.
0: Yeah, so Ronnie Mala wrote a piece for Vox this February called where will all the laid-off tech workers go? And if you have any interest in tech layoffs or layoffs in general or the trajectory of big tech right now, this is a really well-researched piece. Totally recommend it. Um, I'll summarize it quickly. But Mola says that the recent layoffs seem to be more like a course correction than a bubble bursting. We've talked about that before in the past. But of course, that doesn't mean that uh, these layoffs aren't really painful. Uh, And she looks at December numbers and finds that as a whole, the U.S. tech industry, which includes companies like Google and Apple actually added employees for the 25th consecutive month in December. The number of people working in tech occupations was also at a record high of about 6.5 million and their unemployment rate was near a record low of 1.8% compared to 3.5% for all jobs. So just a really interesting comparison of like what we see in the headlines and what really worries people versus the actual reality of, of what the employment, you know, labor market actually looks like. And interestingly, according to CompTIA, most people, 59% that are in tech occupations don't actually work in the tech industry. That number hasn't changed historically a ton because both tech and non-tech, you know, finance, healthcare and retail companies have been growing, but Mala, uh, Predicts that the balance could tilt even further to non-tech industry companies in the months and years to come. So that could be what we see as the actual long-lasting impact of of these layoffs in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. Is that there's kind of an evening in the playing field between big tech and and these you know other non-technical companies that actually hire and employ a ton of technical workers. Mm. These recent tech layoffs have really spurred Springboard
1: into action. Um, Springboard just announced a pledge of $1 million in scholarship funding for individuals impacted by tech layoffs. And this new Career Reboot Scholarship Program provides $1,000 towards Springboard's career track programs like software engineering, UX design, cybersecurity, and
0: more. And finally, those working in product management, product development, marketing, sales, and recruiting have been most affected by these big tech layoffs. But Fortune points out that anyone working in cybersecurity has been somewhat immune to layoffs. In a new study from ISC2, cybersecurity professionals are now viewed by C-suite executives as must-haves, not nice-to-haves. Well, we love to hear about that springboard million-dollar scholarship fund. And this February, we heard about two other scholarship programs to advance career training for underrepresented folks. Jess, what is the update on Bright Paths? Yeah, we're so glad to find out that Proficient's Paths program will sponsor two
1: bootcamp cohorts this year. The mission of the Bright Paths program is to advance STEM education and career opportunities for underrepresented individuals, and historically, the bootcamp has been taught through HackBright Academy. These upcoming bootcamp cohorts
0: are going to go live April of this year and June. And with its new lifeboat program, Beach Coders Academy is focusing on upskilling students in rural America in order to bring economic inclusion to those areas. Through that lifeboat program, Beach Coders is going to be offering this online coding bootcamp to students in rural areas of California, Nevada, Alabama, Arkansas, Kansas, Maryland, Iowa, Oklahoma, Michigan, and West Virginia. Well, after a fairly quiet January, we saw a lot of movement around Pell Grants and OPMs this month. Jess, let's start with the latest on Pell Grants in February.
1: Yeah, so in the last week of January this year, the House Republicans introduced a new bill called the Promoting Employment and Lifelong Learning Act that would extend federal Pell Grant funding to skills-based education programs. This extension would cover programs that were at least eight weeks long, Um, and the main criticism against this is how to determine the legitimacy of these Like eight week or more programs. This new bill is now being debated in the House, and we'll definitely keep you posted if this Pell Grants for short term programs will maybe finally get passed um, sometime this year.
0: I mean, we've been talking about this for probably two years now yes. on this podcast. So, longtime listeners know. Yes. This will be exciting if something gets rolled on. And on the OPM side, the Department of Education has released some very far reaching guidance on OPMs like 2U. Higher Ed Dive reported that the DOE is planning to review 2011 guidance that allows online program management companies, or OPMs, to strike revenue share agreements with colleges. The DOE may also vastly expand the definition of third-party servicers. We don't want to get too inside edtech here, but we'll definitely be on the lookout for how this guidance may impact students or Boot camps that partner with universities, and we'll let you know when any of that is official.
1: Yeah. And as a response to a pretty scathing op-ed by Connecticut Representative Rosa Delaro this February, Chip Pauchek published an op-ed in Higher a Dive about why private companies are crucial to innovations in online education. This is definitely a defense of his own company, to you, and a lot of his points are about to us strides over the past years. But Pauchek does make good arguments here. Um, He points out that higher education has been inaccessible for so many people for so long and that 2U has been able to partner with many leading nonprofit um, universities and institutions to expand access
0: and affordability in higher ed. And Powjik points out that the public sector won't be able to close the gap of trained healthcare professionals, educators, data scientists, and tech talent at the rate that we need to if we don't, you know, raise up public private partnerships. Um, He also says that there's no evidence that revenue sharing agreements have actually driven up costs, which is a big argument on the other side. And he argues actually to the contrary, they've actually lowered tuition rates. Um, And finally, just that it's a misstep to conflate online program managers with for-profit colleges, which I feel like is just going to be something that OPMs are going to have to defend tooth and nail probably forever. Well, it was a busy month of school announcements. We read about a lot of new uh, university boot camp partnerships that we saw and um, some interesting new programs, new campuses. So Jess, do you want to start off with the university partnerships in the news?
1: Yeah. So Springboard announced a new partnership with Washington University in St. Louis, Southern Methodist University has partnered with edX. Upright Education has two new partnerships, um, one with Concordia University, Wisconsin, and the other with Great Bay Community College, which is actually right near me in New Hampshire. Um, And in the UK, Imperial College announced their new partnership with Hyperion Dev.
0: We also saw some new program announcements. Upright Education announced that it will be offering a tech sales bootcamp, so a new vertical there. And Quick Start Learning launched a new software engineering bootcamp.
1: And finally, the Atlanta campus of Ada Developers Academy is now officially open. It's located near the Georgia Institute of Technology, and you can now apply for their upcoming September cohort.
0: Well, congratulations to Ada. And we added seven new schools to the course report listings this month. So Jess, why don't we tell everyone about them? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. So we added a few more online coding boot camps like InfoSec Train, Everyone Codes, Jovian, and Project Code. We also added Chainboard Academy, which is a new Web3 bootcamp, the Game Development Bootcamp Vertex School, and we added Australian Tech Sales Bootcamp Early Work Academy.
0: Well, welcome to those seven new schools on Course Report. And if you graduated from any of those schools, you can now go on course report and leave a review of your experience. Well, Jess, this February was a short month, but really packed a punch. So lots of good news, Mm -hmm. um, interesting developments this February. And let's wrap up this podcast episode as we always do by just mentioning our favorite pieces on the course report blog. Jess, what was your favorite piece to work on? Yeah. So yeah, Liz, like you said, we published so many cool guides this month. I especially
1: loved working on a guide to tech jobs you can land without a college degree. Libby Edwards, who's the head of outcomes at Springboard, is the expert for this guide, and she shared six tech roles like software developer, UX designer, and data analyst that actually don't require a college degree. Plus, Libby shared 11 companies that have hired Springboard grads who don't have degrees but did graduate from springboard. So definitely check it out. Um, and Liz, what was your favorite post
0: that we published on the course report blog this February? Well, Jess, I loved that piece too. I found it to be super helpful for anyone without a college degree, or even if you just don't have a CS degree, a computer science degree. Um, and you're wondering if you can get a job in those fields it was very helpful publish a lot of other good guides too. the guide to the most interesting tech job cities, you know, everyone's talking about remote work, but there still is this very real benefit to being in a city that you love. And that's really supportive of your tech career. So love that piece. And I also just want to give a final shout out to our live Q and a on March 8th. We'll post the link, RSVK, mm-hmm. ask questions. We're really looking forward to seeing you there. Yeah. And that does it for our
1: February podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, keep checking in on course report for the latest about online and in-person bootcamp opportunities. And we're going to see you next month on our March coding bootcamp news roundup.
0: And of course we love feedback. So email us your thoughts at hello at course And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please help other future bootcampers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found this episode and subscribing to the course for podcast and leaving us a review. We will see you in March. Yeah. See you next month. Bye Jess.